Friday, March 3, Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio. Very good morning to you. If you are just tuning in, Harry Grant, the hero last night with the match-winning try in Golden Point. 16-12, the Melbourne Storm over Parramatta in the season opener in the NRL. Australia needs 76 when they go out to bat today to win the third test against India in Indoor after Nathan Lyon took eight for 64 in uh, India's second innings last night as they were rolled eventually for 163. We've got the NBL Grand Final Series starting tonight at Kudos Bank Arena. The Kings up against the New Zealand Breakers. The Big Blue is on in the A-League tomorrow night at Allianz between Sydney FC and Melbourne Victory. Uh, stacks more going on as well, the New Zealand Open. You've got the Miracle Mile. Uh, the Miracle Mile tomorrow night at Menangle also. And uh, we've got Brad Davidson to get his mail a little bit later for Ramwick tomorrow and also the big meeting at Flemington, the Australian Guineas down there. But just uh, Ali Mosley's tips, uh, we got them thick and fast just before the news. So these are her tips. Newcastle today, race five, number five. Lasquitty, boom. Race five, number five, $4.20. Tomorrow at Ramwick. Race eight, number two. Ossipenko in the Ramwick Guineas is her best bet at $4.60. For your exotics, though, she thinks number five, Machilate, will run a big race. She also likes race four, number eight, each way, Athabaskan, which is $6.50 and two ten the place with Tab. In race 10, she likes number eight, Written Beauty, which is $10 the win and two ninety the place. She's got one at Hawkesbury tomorrow as well. Race eight, the last there, number one. Race eight, number one, Spangler, $2.70. And going across the ditch to New Zealand. And the New Zealand Derby's on tomorrow at Tarapa. And she likes race eight, number one, sharp and smart. It is short $1.90, but sharp and smart, of course, ran second in the Victoria Derby during the spring. And uh, the ATC Derby market will be shaped tomorrow as well for day one of the championships because uh, sharp and smart's the $4.50 favourite all in as it stands. And you've got Osipenko at $6, Machilate at 8 And we've seen the return of Manzois, the Victoria Derby winner as well. $9 in that all-in market for the ATC Derby. And uh, she's a lot going on. And Loz is multi. That's right. We've got to get that out of the way as well. What have we got, Loz? Uh, we're going to Ramwick, race 8, number 2, Osipenko to run top 2. And then race 9, number 2, Roots to win. If you want to be a part of that BSP multi, that's paying $6.50. And it were the two horses that gave us success two weeks ago. Give them strength. Adam Pengilly from the City Morning Herald. Good morning. Morning, Jared. Morning, boys. You're going back to the well, Lodge. Back to a couple of old favourites. I, I am, Adam. I, you know what I thought? Why not? Mm. It's been successful in the past, and it'll be successful again. <laughs> and I didn't want to get too greedy. So I just put Osipenko in to run top two. I think he'll be winning. But anyway, that's my personal opinion. Um, but yeah, no, very, very happy with that. What did you make of the football last night, my friend? Uh, fantastic game, Loz. Uh, you know, really high quality for the opening game of the season, it must be said. And I think both teams deserve a, a pat on the back for the efforts they put in last night. So to treat us as such an, uh, an opening exhibition on the, on the opening night of the season... I think Parramatta will win in the cold light heart of day when they look at that game. We're really disappointed they didn't win. Uh, I think they dominate, obviously, in most areas of the match, including tackle counts, field position, everything like that. In the last 10 minutes of regulation time, I can't help but think they, they should have iced that game. They had a couple of really good chances down Melbourne's end to set up for a field goal or, or, or score the match winner with a try. and weren't able to do that. And um, 
I know it's only round one, but they've got a tough start to the season. They'll probably look back at that game and think maybe that's one that's got away. But when you play Melbourne, you know you've got to play them right until the very the absolute depth. And Harry Grant, I don't know if you could see it, Loz. I was just watching that, that golden point there. And as they were sort of marching downfield, getting close to the line, I'm thinking to myself, I think Harry's going to try and scoot out of here and try and run and try and catch a couple of these defenders. Nothing as they, they think they're setting up for a field goal. And that's how it played out. So... What a magnificent player. He was so good last night, Harry Grant. And we know he's had a few injury problems the last couple of years and probably hasn't had quite those long seasons, continuous seasons that that he wants to see. But he could be in for an enormous year this year. Uh, 80 minutes, too, from Harry Grant. Um, He just iced the performance, didn't he? You know? Yeah. But the same couldn't be said on the other side of the field. And we've received some text messages already this morning. And he's got to be under a lot of pressure this year, Mitch Moses, and in particular early in the season because he hasn't re-signed and... They're talking about, you know, anywhere from one point two to one point four million dollars his salary. And, you know, people expect him to ice games when you're getting that type of wage. Yeah, and they, he needed to get him in the right spot, didn't he, last night, Was And I'm not quite sure Parramatta got to the right point on the field for the, the fourth or fifth tackle field goal in that last 10 minutes. And I thought Dylan Brown was a little bit conspicuous as well in that last 10 minutes. He, he sort of was sort of floating around on the left there and didn't quite come in field and try and marshal his troops into the into the right spot. And... You're right, Loz. When these guys are demanding contracts or wanting contracts for a million dollars plus, I know it sounds extremely harsh, but they're the type of games you, you pay them to win. Yes. Like you, you have to get them, get your team across the line in a situation like that when you've got that amount of ball. And they, they couldn't do that last night. Again, it's only round one, and they'll obviously improve as the year goes on. So I don't want to be too harsh there, but I can't help but feel that Brad Arthur will, will, will think that that's two points that got away. Just, just quickly, Loz, on, on Josh Hodgson. I thought he was outstanding last night. Uh, really added a different dimension to their attack and just, just those classy touches around the ruck. So I know that losing Reid Marnie to a lot of people, the Eels would have thought that would be a massive blow. And, and it is a blow because we know what type of player Reid is. He's a dead set representative caliber player. But I think Josh Hodge is going to bring something different to that team this year. I thought there's some really good signs there last night. I did too, Adam. And we've received some text messages this morning, though, about Hodgson's performance. How some people thought that he was a bit slow and didn't really have an impact. But I... I I'm a bit like you. I think he'll be better the more game time he gets because he's, what, 33, 34, coming off a knee reconstruction. Um, yeah, he got a little bit tired, but I, I, I think he'd be great. Loz, is that not a good example last night, though, that you can do as much training as you want, have the greatest preseason, but yeah. actual game fitness, it's just going to take a couple take of weeks times, to... yeah. Like, is there, there was some criticism, I think. Hodgson, he, he he was somebody wrote that he was lazy on that last tackle when Grant Harry Grant scores the try. Yeah. He was on the inside and he was lazy, oh, mate. Like it's extra time. How, how, <laughs> how dare you be out on your feet first game back? I oh, know it's a preseason, but yeah. match fitness just takes time, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think you'd know this, Adam. I think his last year or two at the Raiders, he was sharing. Uh, game time, wasn't he? Minutes, yeah. With Tom Starling. Yeah. yeah, Tom Starling was playing a bit of footy So, so he well, wasn't was. really playing a lot of 80 minutes. I know they moved him back in the back row at times, but mm. I don't know whether he was playing uh, a lot of 80 there towards the end. And then last year, in the first game of the year, he did his ACL. Injured, so basically yeah. he's been out of the game for two years. Yeah, I, I just... I just thought that second try they scored with Junior Polo, like, with all due respect to Reid Marnie, I'm not sure he's the type of player that could have done that, could have crabbed across field and just sized up yeah. the defence and, and saw Munster sprint out of the line and, and put Paolo into a gap to score. And I just thought, he, yes, he, he probably was a little bit tired towards the end there and maybe lacked a bit of speed, in, I suppose, in the last 20 minutes. But just that deception, that sleight of hand is something that's going to really add, a, I think, a point of difference to, to Parramatta's attack. Just, just quickly, back on Mitchell Moses, boys, I... I saw a video last night. I'm not sure if anyone's sort of spoken about it on the program this morning of 
about an hour or two before kickoff last night, walking into the ground, was Mark O'Neill, the Parramatta general manager, with Isaac Moses, Mitchell Moses' as manager. So I'm not quite sure if we should read too much into that or not, but they seem like they were on pretty good terms with themselves walking into the ground last night side by side. So whether they were doing some more discussions there yesterday in the countdown to kickoff or not, I'm not too sure, but I'd imagine that's probably a pretty good sign if you're an Eels fan. I saw Mitch having lunch at West Ashfield yesterday as well, before the game. Yeah. Uh, day before, put, day before the game, sorry, Wednesday. Did you put a contract so in front I, of him? All I'm saying, I'm not reading too much into that either. <laughs> <laughs> West hey, Ashfield hey, lunch, hey. I don't know. Why would he, what would he be doing on that side of Sydney? I've got no idea. Are you making a play to get back on the Tigers' ball? Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> Great <laughs> question. Not, if, only if we make the top eight. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, where's David Fafita going to be next year? Oh, the Broncos are in for him, Jared. There's, I don't think there's any doubt about that. They've come into at the 11th hour after losing Tom Flegler and, and Herbie Farnworth to the Dolphins. I think the Raiders... I don't know if they resign themselves to the fact he's not going to Canberra. It looks more and more likely by each day that he'll be staying in Queensland somewhere. So, like, if you're David Fafita, what do you do? Like, he's had a really tough two years with the Titans. Obviously, everything that's associated with him is attached to his price tag, which is a little bit unfair, and it's not his fault the Titans decide to pay him that much money. But I'm not quite sure if this is a realistic option for him, Jared, to head back to Brisbane. Um, Does he feel like he's got unfinished business up there? Has he still got some mates up there? I know he's close close to Payne Haas and a few of the old Broncos boys, but this is a fascinating development. And I just, I reckon you really need to watch this space closely. I think there's a, a very, very good chance that he's weighing up a move back to Brisbane, whether it happens or not, I'm not too sure, but i tell you what, it's uh, a big twist late in the piece of David Fafita. I see SBW was back at the Bulldogs during the week. Yeah, really good story. My colleague Adrian Pesenko wrote in the Herald today, Loz, speaking to Sonny Bill about going back to the Bulldogs. What is it? For the first time in 15 years. It's remarkable, isn't it? Just time flies because, that was a massive, massive story when it happened when he walked out in the Bulldogs. I think Sonny has admitted saying that if he had his time over again, he's not saying he wouldn't have left the Bulldogs, but he would have done it under a different circumstance, obviously, not fleeing in the, in the middle of the night, heading to the airport and just breaking his contract like that. So I think what Cameron Serrato and Gus are doing there at the Bulldogs, they've brought a lot of these old boys back into the fold to try and get that, I suppose, that dogs of war mentality back within, uh, within those four walls at Belmore. And, no doubt that's the biggest um, coup they've had so far. Sonny Bill just, just talking to the players there. Whether he has an official capacity or not, I, I highly doubt it. But if he's around that group, it's surely well, he's got to provide a big lift for all those players in, in that young group. Yeah, you'd think so. It's plus 17.5, the Dolphins, for their premiership opener. $6.50 head-to-head with Tab against the Roosters on Sunday afternoon. How do you think they'll go? Well, I'm almost looking at that price, Jared, for the 17 and a half start and thinking there's probably a little bit of value there, just given the Roosters are obviously fairly depleted for this opening round of the season. Like, I think I looked at the Roosters' back line there at one stage. I think on Sunday they've got Corey Allen and Jackson Polo playing on the one side of the field there in the centres and wing. And it's just, you wouldn't, with all due respect to those guys, you wouldn't expect them to be the, the starting three quarters for the opening game of the season this year. I think the Dolphins, I've said it on this program a couple of times already, boys, I think they'll struggle this year. They're, they're my tip for the wooden spoon. I can see them winning maybe you know, four or five games at, at some stage this year. I, I don't think they're going to get you know, absolutely flogged in a lot of games this year. I think they'll be competitive for sort of 40, 50, maybe 60 minutes in a lot of games. But I think when push comes to shove, they might just lack that class to to really get over the line in a lot of games here. I, I suggest maybe the start to a little bit of value for this game. I can see the Roosters winning, maybe by a couple of tries, but I think 17.5 is certainly a very, very tasty bet if you can put it in those terms. Who's your best at Randwick tomorrow? I'm with you, Loz. I'm with you. I'm Ooh. with Ali Mosley. I think race eight, number two, Osipenko is oh. the best on the program in the Randwick Guineas. <laughs> I just, at, at that price, I think I've got to be with him over Ask Cabin. And 
We know that the horse is looking for a mile now from a nice soft gate. I've got to be with him. So Ossipenko is my best bet at Randwick there on the weekends. Oh, the hopes of a nation, hey? Ossipenko there. <laughs> Matthew Burke, good morning. Good morning, boys. Good morning, Mido. How are you guys going today? We are superb always on a Friday, and it is yeah. super round in Melbourne. All the games at Amy Park. I guess, Berkey, is it the right round to do it and the right venue? Uh, the right round to do it, I think, for a lot of the Aussie teams to, to potentially, you know, have a crack at the Kiwi teams early. I know there's uh, there's a, a force uh, Reds game happening, uh, but certainly, um, you know, I think it, it get some of the Kiwi teams early and, and you go, okay. Uh, Waratahs are taking on uh, Fiji and Drua. Uh, then, oh, look, I, I don't mind it. You know, I don't mind it. You know, Amy Park, um, it's, a, it's a good start to the year. We saw a taste of last week's uh, footy uh, kicking off. Um, you know, good crowd in Sydney. We saw the Blues flying over in New Zealand. We saw the Chiefs taking over the Crusaders. So, uh, look, you've you got to start somewhere. It's a good initiative, I reckon. I like it. Yeah, great rugby last weekend, buddy. What did you make of the Waratahs? Uh, Clarkie, I think perhaps uh, a little bit of stage fright, you know. And, and, yeah, okay. and the guys have spoken about it during the week. Um, you know, there's a lot of build-up to this game. You know, coming from Leichhardt uh, to the new stadium, there was the, you know, there was the fill the hill um, uh, uh, mantra last year. Then it became sort of, you know, let's get involved in the house type thing. So I think the guys played some good footy. Mind you, you're playing against a Brumby team that's a good outfit exactly. as well. Mm. Um, at the back end of it, uh, I think it became more of a mental thing than anything else. Brumbies control the game well. Uh, they, you know, they. As you said last week, uh, Loz at the time, you know, they had a couple of Wallabies sitting on the bench in the, in the halves. So they came on, controlled the game quite well, as in White and Lawrence at the end there, take nothing away from the two boys who started the game. But, um, you know, it was a, uh, it was a, a frustrating start for those guys, I reckon. But 25,000, 26,000 at the stadium. That's a pretty uh, pretty handy turnout. Oh, I thought it was a decent game, actually, Berkey. Yeah, I, I, I oh, thought look, it was a pretty good look, game. Look, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I'm, not uh, I'm not taking away from the uh, from the fact of the game. Waratahs were, I think, a little bit uh, lost in places. Mm. Um, you know, they, they they lost the ball, they lost control. Brumbies, man, outstanding. Uh, Tool on the edge there was just electric. Came from the sevens. Um, there was space there. Lenny Ikitao was was just having some great feet. Um, uh, their forwards were strong. Their strum was strong. Uh, strong. So. Well, they, they, they've got the Blues uh, this weekend in, the, in that Super Round, and that's going to be a good game. Uh, they put 60 on uh, last week, and, and they're a good outfit at the moment. So this will be a really good matchup to see how the Bumbies are going. Well, uh, young Max Jorgensen came with a, uh, you know, a tag of being one of the new exciting young players in the game, and he certainly yeah. delivered on that. Yeah, didn't he? What? Um, you know, it, it just reminded me of his old man. You know, I was at school with his old man, and he was that kind of guy who... Uh, just chased, you know, enthusiasm just chased. And I, and I think that, you know, in some way, shape or form, uh, the, the boys sort of learned from him because his enthusiasm was outstanding. That first try, bumped off, slipped through a couple of tackles, put a good fend on. Uh, look, he's had a great preseason. And, and you know, in, in that space, uh, and you boys know, um, you know, if, if, you're, if you're young enough, you're good enough. You know, like it, yeah. it's, and, and you've got to put him in around other people, um, not in that controlling role. And look, he did great. You know, he 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 um, he excelled in that in that space in that arena. And I think uh, Drew Mitchell mentioned it, you know, perfectly. You know, you you, you fit it in. Now it's time to back it up. Now it's time to go again. People will know what he's going to be like now. 
Um, but he's got that. Uh, I think he's got that skill to be able to obviously play and play really well. There's another young bloke making his debut for the Waratahs this weekend, Ben Dowling off the bench as well. So keep an eye for him. Yes, yes, indeed. A couple of changes also. Uh, obviously, Belly. I think from from when we last spoke, he hurt his foot, so he's going to be out for a while. A young guy called Tom Lambert comes in, so he's only a young pup. Uh, and they've muscled up. They've, they've made a couple of changes for this game against Fiji Drua. So um, expect them to. Try not to run the ball. Be, be a little bit more clinical, I think, against these boys because, uh, you know, again, they had the razzle-dazzle. They, they had a, they went out of, uh, uh, um, a Moana Pacific last week as well. So it's a... Um, it, look, it's, it's, it's just good footy. It's good to be back, you know. Like I, I know that the rugby league started last night. It's, it's, it's starting to feel like winter again now, you know, boys. You know, that, that's the one. Uh, just some other news around the traps. So Brett Hodgson, uh, former West Tiger, of course, mm. is the Wallabies' defence coach. And what about the New Zealand coaching situation over there yeah. with the All Blacks, Perky? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Ian Foster, I think they were pretty keen to get him out last year, let's face it. And then uh, they had that win against in South Africa, which probably saved his job. But uh, they've yeah. said, what, in the next four to six weeks, they're going to appoint the coach for next year. And that's regardless what happens at the World Cup. And Foster said he's not going to reapply. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I remember fielding phone calls from mates and sort of people overseas saying, you know, what are your thoughts on this? Because, you know, the old, the old saying is, you know, if, you, if the All Blacks lose, the government can change type thing. You know, that's how sort of dependent they are on, on, on all being in the right space at the right time. Um, Foster, you don't necessarily become a head coach after being a, um, uh, an assistant coach. Sometimes it doesn't work. And, and they took the step up. I don't... They, they took a, an easy option uh, last time. Uh, Scott Robinson perhaps was the one of the favourites to go in there, um, and 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 after his success at the Crusaders, uh, and he still will be as well. They've got to go through the process, but he still will be. But I think they've made uh, the admission that uh, we made a, a blunder uh, back two years ago. Remember, they only gave him that two-year contract as well. So it was like, well, hang on, you're scratching your head. Yet. Normally, it's like a, a lock-in for this team, um, but they've um, they've been. Uh, disappointing uh, some of the results. Mind you, some of the, some of the other teams have got better. South Africa's not a bad outfit. But they did come back and win that rugby championship, which sort of saved him for that little bit longer. But, yeah, you're, you're, you're about to walk off the edge of the gangplank, I think it is. Have to leave it there, Berkey. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. And to you. Take care. In the New Zealand Golf Open, Chris Wood, the Aussie, shot a 10-under-61 to hold a four-stroke lead after the opening round over in Queenstown yesterday on the PGA Tour and uh, the Bay Hill Invitational, and Chris Kirk, who's fresh off a win last week in the Honda Classic, the American five under par, sharing the clubhouse lead with Cameron Young, fellow American. Uh, just some Aussies here in the field, having to scroll down a bit, but Cam Davis and Jason Day both shot a one under 71 to be four strokes off the pace, and they look the best of the Aussies they are after the opening round at Bay Hill. But last night, 16-12, the Melbourne Storm over Parramatta in extra time, courtesy of a Harry Grant try. And the cricket today, India and Australia. Australia, after rolling India for 163 in their second innings, courtesy of Nathan Lyons, 8 for 64, needs 76 for victory. On day three of the third test in indoor today, uh, they haven't faced a ball yet, so they just rolled India late on day two. So they'll f- come in fresh. Although Usman Khawaja has got a bit of a calf complaint as well there, Puffs. Pups, so Puff, I just called Puff, you. Puff the Magic Dragon? <laughs> Puff. <laughs> Puff. <laughs> I've been called worse. Uh, Thanks. Uh, no worries. Uh, he'll be fine, was he?
little calf strain or mm. whatever he's got. But Gee, it's the in, in vogue injury at the moment. Everyone's got a calf injury. He felt looked Old fine taking injury, that catch. Good catch. Um, and wickets, the catch from so Steve Smith. Steve Smith, Smith beauty as well. slip, sorry. Yeah, they're all going to be needed. That's for sure. I think that top six is going to need to get these runs. Uh, I'd I'd love a little none for twenty. Get off to a bit of a fly. None for twenty in three overs would be nice. Aggressive start, and then um, yeah, I think we're going to obviously expect to lose a couple. But yeah, Uzi's been one of our best. I think he's our leading run scorer in the series so far. So on one leg, we need him. Deliciously flaky pastry on top of bottom, which is rolled extra thin, a filling of 100% lean Aussie beef. I'm talking about Garlo's pies. The only pies you should be putting on your plate, and Garlo's pies are simply bursting with flavour. There's heaps of flavours to choose from, and here's a thought. Take an item from cooking. Grab a Garlo's family pie for the whole crew. They're available in all Coles and Woolworths stores. Remember, we're located in the chilled meals section. If you can't find us, just ask for Garlo's Pies by name. Garlo's Pies, they're thin on pastry, they're big on meat, and they would have been toasting Bronson Garlic last night. Loz, who at the age of 27, made his NRL debut there with the Melbourne Storm, and he made an impact when he came on as well. Another example of what Melbourne are able to do, they identify someone that fits into their system. They identify the things that they believe that will make him successful in their team. And he's obviously got a good work ethic, uh, he's strong in everything that he does. He competes hard. Um, and that's what Melbourne were drawn to. So well done um, to Young Garlic uh, for making his debut. Um, uh, it's a good story, isn't it, when you're 27 years of age uh, to be able to make your debut in a club like the Melbourne Storm. So Bronson Garlic, um, he's done a fine job. His father captained what South and the Roosters. Um, so he comes from good bloodlines. Uh, but I just love seeing anyone get an opportunity. And what about two guys on the bench for Melbourne? There was a Wishart and a Garlic. <laughs> and both fathers played in the NRL. And, and Wishy, obviously, a, a Steelers legend, St. George Illawarra uh, legend. Uh, and obviously, Bronson with his father being captain of both the Roosters in South Sydney. So, so much history with their families being a part of the NRL. But to see those two blokes playing for Melbourne, I wonder whether they thought when they had them, whether they, that was the team they were going to play for. Morning, Mossy. Morning, Mido. Loz, not often that garlic leaves a good taste in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> when did you become a comedian, Mossy? <laughs> last week. Last week, didn't you see me on stage? <laughs> Although, mate, they tell me, they did tell me you were up and about last week. You kicked on. Oh, yeah. Mate, we're here for a good time, not a long time. No, oh, hear, hear. Hear, hear yeah. that. Absolutely. And the older, the older you get, the more you realise it, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> Although but, I was, uh, I have to say, I was KO'd most of the weekend. I was going to say, mate, one night knocks you around now. Yeah, not much fun, but anyway. Uh, it's hard to it. back up, mate. Hard to back up. It is. Yeah. It is. All right. Tell, what me you got about, me? tell me about this big blue on the weekend, the victory up against Sydney. Sydney had a bit of a hiccup last weekend, but they should account for victory, shouldn't they? Well, yes, but it, it, the big blue is a, is a derby, so you know what happens in them. Mm-hmm. Form sometimes goes out the window, but um, yeah, look, I think that was a you know it was a tough tough ask last week of Sydney. They'd, they'd been good, but before that, they were three wins and a draw going into the Melbourne City game. But Melbourne City are heads and shoulders above anyone else in the league this season, although they've got some injury concerns, Melbourne City, but we'll talk about that in a moment. 
Um, I, I think this will be a cracking game. Melbourne victory, um, just starting to find a little bit of confidence. Um, they've had a, a season from hell, let's be honest, um, both on and off the field. Um, but I think they're just starting to find a little bit of self-belief and confidence. So it should be a cracking game at Allianz. They're expecting minimum 17,500, 17, um, which has been around about Sydney's average this season, so uh, it'll be a great atmosphere, great game of football, and, and I'm going to tip, uh, I'm going to go with Sydney FC. Um, actually, Mido, do you want to grab this one, or should we do, do nah, it at the end? Boy, let's just do it game. now, let's mix it up. <laughs> Let, let's go. I've still got my four-legged, so we'll go there at the end, but Sydney FC to win and score the first goal with Joe Lolly anytime scorer. Mm. Okay, we'll get that up on Bet's Friends on the Tab app for everyone. All the tips that come through on the show, just go to Bet's Friends on the Tab app and there you'll find it under the Big Sports Breakfast page. Sorry, I've got to take a breath. Keep going, Mossy. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it's you like go to the news presenting school, <laughs> teach you how to breathe and talk at yeah, the same time. Friday. Mossy, who wins? <laughs> Melbourne City v Adelaide. Well, I, I just sort of alluded to that one a bit, Clarky. Melbourne City have got some, some severe injury problems. Yeah. Matt Leckie is now out for eight weeks with a hammy. Scott Jamison, their captain, out with a calf. Is that heavy surgery or rehab? Uh, I don't think it is. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's surgery. I think it's just yeah, rehab. But uh, yeah, but he's had a massive year, obviously, with the World Cup as well, and been in great form. He's not getting any younger, Lex, but um, he's had he's had an unbelievable season. So it's such a shame to see the brakes put on him at this stage of the season. Uh, but there's eight games remaining, um, so fingers crossed he'll be back uh, in time for the. The finals, but you know what it's like coming back from a hammy. You've got to be so careful, especially with older players. So whether he has an impact in the finals or not, we'll, uh, we'll wait and see. But, um, yeah, it's a danger game for City. Adelaide, uh, you know, a, a bit hot and cold. They've got uh, Iren Kunda, the youngster, who scored another world-class goal last last weekend from outside the box, um, coming off the bench and causing all sorts of havoc. So I think City will get there, but only just. All right, need your reaction to the comments, extensive comments of Dwight York in the News Corp press in an interview with Julian Linden this week, and particularly about his suggestions for the system of the A-League, and he says that we've got great talent that's being killed by the system. He says we've got it totally wrong in, uh, well, he he mentioned by playing in summer, uh, by not having incentives and something to fight for, and he is referring to promotion and relegation. Also uh, referred to the salary cap as well. He describes as it, you know, sort of creates a comfort zone and a safe haven for for owners, etc. I mean, what's your uh, response to that? And uh, just the fact he says we've got to take a leap of faith and change our model in in regards to professional football in Australia. Well, we could probably do a whole show on this. I, I understand yeah. as well, Mossy. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll sum it up. I'll sum it up as quickly and succinctly as I can, Mido. Like if you if you keep doing the same thing over and over and expect a different outcome, it's the definition of insanity. Um, and, and I think we'd be crazy not to listen to someone like Dwight York when he when he takes the time to give his reflections on the game in Australia, and he's got some really, I think, some really strong points. I've always said you'll never get the best product that football can offer while we're playing in the heat of summer. Um, and, you know, originally that was to, to move away from the, um, you know, the, the, the NRL and, and AFL um, and the other, the other winter sports. But at the end of the day, we are a winter sport and, um, and we shouldn't be hiding from that and we should be taking the other codes um, on, you know, face on. Um, so, so that's point one, because you get much more intensity 
um, and excitement in games when you're playing in the right conditions. Um, three o'clock kickoffs will never work, but even 7.30 in the middle of summer is, is tough on players. Um, so that's point one. The, the salary cap, that's been a, a long debate. Um, I, I think we're at a stage now where the salary cap needs to be seriously looked at uh, being moved on um, because I think, you know, if clubs, we're, we're, what are we, 15 years in now, if clubs don't know how to how to manage their books um, and, and what they can afford and can't afford, well then, you know, something's been going um, badly wrong. So I think Dwight York makes some good comments. Uh, you know, he's beefed with the club, with MacArthur, um, obviously went pretty deep and uh, I think his comments, he gave a bit of context to the old pub team comments and, and things like that around what was going on outside the dressing room. Um, but that's between him and the club. But I think his comments on the game at large um, were, were very valid. Mm, I thought so as well, Mossy. Uh, OK, you better give us some multi heading into this weekend. Of course, the big game. Is it Anfield Monday morning? Liverpool against that just horrendous, but uh, up in confidence club in Manchester United. <laughs> you know, Liverpool had ten points in the last twelve. Yeah, we're but unfortunately to... punctuated by that bloody Champions Madrid. League. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> so that that hurts. But uh, yeah, no, look, a, a good round of games. Um, there's uh, what was the other one I was looking at? Um, oh, Man City hosting Newcastle, of course. Chelsea hosting Leeds. If they don't beat Leeds at home, I think Graham Potter's a, a dead man walking. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think it can go on any longer if they don't beat Leeds at home. Um, Man City and Newcastle. That, that should be a cracker um, at Man City. Um, but as you said, the big one is uh, Liverpool hosting Manchester United. Um, Liverpool winning during the week against Wolves, um, which uh, will help our confidence. But the same game multi, Melbourne City into Wellington, into Western United, into Chelsea to beat Leeds. So I'm going to back Graham Potter to survive at least another week. Oh, you're brave. <laughs> okay, only because Leeds, Leeds are anus horribilis as well. Yeah, they're not going good. All right, Mossy, thanks so much. And again, for our listeners, that'll be in Bet's Friends on the tab at Mossy's Multi. Thanks so much, mate. Have a great weekend. You too, boys. Take care. Just a text from uh, Glenn here. Morning, team. As a diehard para fan, and while disappointed in the loss, think we need to cool our jets a bit. Expectations are high, but uh, it's first game, people. I'm with Pup and backing our boys to get the runs against India. Glad the footy's back and looking forward to Blocker back on BSB. Uh, don't know if you have a name for his segment. But I'd like to put one forward. You'll love this, Loz. Mm. Opportunity blocks. <laughs> I like that. He's always got plenty of opportunities, Blocker. I'll ask him today. He'd have something going on inside that mind of his. He'd have another side hustle somewhere. He's been here since blocky. 6.30. Mate, he gets here early. <laughs> I said, mate, did they not tell you that you're at 8 o'clock? He said, yeah, I just can't sleep. I can't <laughs> sleep. It. Coming up after the news. Uh, thanks for the text, Glenn. Now, Brad Davidson, to give us some mail for tomorrow. How are you, Davo? Morning, guys. How are we going? Very well. We've got Pengilly, Daly, Mosley, all on Osipenko in the Ramwick Guineas, despite the fact aft, captain, uh, aft cabin is at the top of betting. What are your thoughts on how it will transpire? Yeah, look, I don't think there's a great deal between them, to be honest, guys. Um, look, I know James Cummings very bullish that aft cabin can bounce back. Um, that was sort of his comments throughout the, the week that the horse is flying and, and ready to sort of run the race of his life. So just a little query with him at a, at a mile still. I mean, the breeding suggests that it's, it's some little concern. He's by a stern who 
uh, you know, they have won over a mile before, but it is kind of the outer limits. And um, I think his mum was a 1,200-metre winner. So I've just got a little query there. I thought Ozepenko got the, the perfect run the other day to, to sort of get through and get the job done. So, But he, he's going to prep up beautifully. Chris Waller's going to have him absolutely cherry ripe on the on the big day. I'm sure he's going to run well. Um, Corfield Guineas, his run there was sensational. I think he probably wins that race from a barrier. So... He's going to be right there. I ended up landing on Machilate though. At the at the odds, I thought he was the one that was overs. Um, he was stronger through the line than, or stronger last 200 anyway than any other horse in that race the other day. He was first up. The rest of them were second up or or further into their preparation. So I just think he's got a bit more improvement. I think he's going to love the mile at Ramwick. He matched to get the right sort of run. He's a little bit one pace, but. I think he's going to loom up to them, and I don't think there'll be a lot between them. I think they'll be about three or four across the track late. So, for me, I was happy to sort of side with him at the at the nine ten dollar mark rather than take the shorter odds with one of the uh, the shorter price runners. Who did you lean on, um, or who, who, who are you going to? Uh, well, yeah, who do you like basically? The Canterbury Stakes. Are you going to go with his New Zealand mare? I am. Yeah, I, I don't know what price you'll start. I think you might get around two dollars ten, two dollars twenty. Come start time tomorrow I could be wrong there's others thinking she'll get even shorter than she is now but uh yeah look I think she's hard to beat she she was dominant there at group one grade last time out in New Zealand she's got a terrific record um dry soft track no issue I, I think we'll be on a good track there tomorrow I know they're predicting a little bit of rain today but uh, it's probably do with a little bit of rain to be honest and like I said the format of that race last time out in New Zealand uh, the third and the fifth horse come out in Quinella to group one since so I think she's the real deal, and um, I think she'll be getting the job done there tomorrow. I think you can poke holes in Artoria. She can definitely poke holes in Golden Mile, who uh, I think was okay in a, in a weak form race first up and then trialled plainly since. So, uh, yeah, I think she, I think it's all about her, and I think they've found the, the right race to bring her over and try to grab that Group 1 with. Uh, now, the Australian Guineas down south, who do you like there at Flemington? Yeah, it's hard to get past Jack and I, guys. He's, he's got that a1 form, hasn't he beaten the older horses in the CFO last time out? I don't think a mile will hold him up. He's got a little bit of a tricky draw. That's the only little concern I do have. Um, a horse like Elliptical is going to be a fair way in front of him. But I thought it was Jack and O. I thought Elliptical and, and Legato were probably the dangers, the New Zealand horse. So um, brings a different form line here where the rest of them tie all into each other through sort of, you know, races in Melbourne uh, in the past. And I think Jack and O's got them covered. So... Jack and O for me, hard to beat. Two dollars thirty, I think he is. I think that's probably about right. Now he might start a touch shorter, but um, should be hard to hold out late. What are we betting on tomorrow? Well, I don't mind Banana Queen in race nine, guys. I know a lot of people tipping Roots and um, Chris Art as well, who's a good ruffie in that race. But I just think the fifty nine down to the fifty three is the key with Banana Queen. There's no speed in that race. Um, I just hope they roll forward there and, and take it up with the lightweight. She's she jumped so well in her races, as we saw in a recent trial as well, that uh, it's there for the taking to roll forward. If they go back, I'm not keen at all. But if they get on get on speed, as I expect they will, I think it should be hard to run down with the, the four kilo less weight than, than Roots. It was good the other day, but I just think it's a little bit too short in the market. Um, Banana Queen's got two ratings on Ramwick Mile tracks that, that are better than what Roots produced first up. So happy to um, happy to side with her at the, around the $4.40 mark. Have a great day, mate. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Cheers.